Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brewings and Things podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is our first ever episode. If you are wondering why we call it the Brewings and Things podcast, it is because me and my brother Cameron are Bruins fans. And then we have our good friend, Alex, who is a Red Wings fan. So we decided to combine the two names together, make it a little creative, but it is not just Bruins and Red Wings. This is a full coverage NHL podcast. So we will touch on all the Brewings going around in the league as well as some other exclusive topics and segments that they that we would like to touch on uh so cameron alex how are we doing today pretty solid yeah doing great yeah all right did we have upon us yeah did we have a good week watching the nhl games nhl's back i loved it loved it so far red wings are in mid-season form i'm ripping the pasta shirt bruins pasta baby did you know it's national pasta day it is. It feels like I feel like it's yeah. not like once a week. No, today is literally National Pasta Day. Anytime so the Bruins plays National Pasta. <sighs> Has anybody checked in on Nathan McKinnon to see how he's doing? <laughs> he's he's sitting and shaking in the corner, crying. Yeah. We need a chickpea pasta day. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be inclusive, right? Absolutely. All right. So we had an action-packed week. The NHL is finally back. I'm so happy. I watched so much hockey this week. Uh, We had a lot going on, lots of drama already. We have suspensions. We have, you know, we have a lot to talk about. So I think we should get started with those suspensions that occurred this week. We did have, I believe, three of them happen. And um I feel like the Department of Player Safety kind of did its job. I'm not too disappointed yet. I guess we'll have to wait till Tom Wilson does something to see what the standard is this year, because that usually sets the standard. He's given a $5,000 fine and a slap on the wrist um, for almost murdering someone. But that's a story for another time. I'm sure he'll come up eventually. Um, But yeah, we'll definitely go through these suspensions and exactly what happened in case you missed it or you're not really sure exactly how things played out so um one of the first ones that comes to mind is uh gabriel lannis dog hitting kirby dock i believe it was from behind and um alex i know you had things to say about this i'm not sure was it a game that he got or was it multiple games so gabriel lannis got two games uh for boarding against chicago's kirby dock and it was kind of from behind kind of from the side it was one of those where Doc wasn't fully upright. He was kind of almost falling to the ice already. Um, pretty similar to the issue a couple of years ago uh, between Kadri and Kucherov in the playoffs, where then Kucherov was kind of down on the ice, a little bit away from the boards. Kadri kind of plowed into the side of him um, and just pushed him shoulder first, kind of really just violently against the boards. It was a very similar situation to that. Um, one of those that I don't think was a malicious intent, but definitely just a really dangerous, dangerous play to make at the time. And, uh, Gabriel Landis Cog got two games for it, which I think at this point for a hit, that's that dangerous, um, a hit that can ultimately, it could send that player to the hospital. Um, I think Kirby doc is okay. I don't actually know whether or not he's still out and injured. Um, I know he had to go off the ice obviously and get looked at. Um, but Gabriel Landeskog got two games for that. And that does seem like a, all things considered a fairly appropriate um, suspension. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Gabriel Laniscog isn't really a repeat offender, so we know this. Um, And I don't know whether it was intentional or not. I I don't know. I mean, like you said, kind of from behind, kind of from the side, and he's not a malicious guy, but I still think two games is acceptable. Uh, But the thing is, like, keep that energy, keep that consistency. If that's what you're going to deem two games, let's do that for the rest of the year. So if you got to start out right, especially with the NHL player safety, and they've been so streaky and just such a joke most of the time. And if you're going to start out that way, you need to let the dominoes fall and stay that way for the rest of the season. So your time to do right is in the beginning of the season, set the standard, show the players what you're going to let slide and what you're not. So I'm totally okay with it. Um, I mean, I've seen much worse happen for just a fine. So it's like, okay, are we going to crack down this year? Is this what's going to be going on? So I thought it was completely appropriate for a non-repeat offender Um, hopefully, like you said, doc is okay. I'm not sure the extent of his injury. Um, but yeah, Cam, what, what do you think about the, the hit or do you think two games was appropriate? Yeah, I think it was, like you said, one of those things was unfortunate, but, uh, he was in a completely like vulnerable position. He, like, he obviously couldn't defend himself and you going up to a player and, you know, hitting him, like you said, and basically in the back, like crushing him into the ice into the or into the boards is like you can't do that you gotta just like if he's falling down on the ground i know you you could finish your hit and stuff and i know people do that but like grab him like bear hug him or like do anything other than you know forcibly push him in into the ground um and so i think he did deserve the two games and i think it was right now as for consistency (laughs) i don't think I don't know what's going to happen with that. The threshold has been made. Like out every single uh, announcer always says, well, now the threshold has been made in the game. Anything above this is a slash. And then it just doesn't get followed at all. And I mean, it kind of goes all the way up with player safety, where from refs to player safety, they are like, well, it depends on a lot of factors, actually. It's whether or not we like the player or not, <laughs> or something like that. So, I mean, if a, if a Tom Wilson did that, probably would have been like a week off but you never know so i i think it was right i think it was a good tone setting like surprisingly the nhl did a good job and i think they set the tone for that kind of hit yeah definitely i um like you said i guess we'll find out what they think is deemed suspendable for the rest of the season but i think you guys made some good points um i guess we should move on to um the Dylan Larkin suspension, which I know we want to hear Alex's thoughts on that. A little, a little um, different than the Landis God one. It is a little yeah, different. He, so they called it roughing and it was deemed roughing against Matthew Joseph on the Tampa Bay lightning. So Alex, do you want to take us through that? Yeah. Uh, so as far as the, the incident itself, uh, I was actually at this game. It was a great game until the last five minutes when the Red Wings did what the Red Wings do and they blow a three-goal lead in the third period. Classic. Mid-season form. Anyway, the uh, the play occurred, I think, in the middle part of the second period. Uh, Dylan Larkin and Matthew Joseph were kind of going towards a puck together um, in the boards. And Larkin was getting to it first, so he was ahead of Joseph. And 
Joseph saw Larkin's numbers the whole way and gave Larkin a pretty nasty shove directly into the boards. And it was boarding by the letter of the rule boarding. Absolutely. Um, Larkin hit head first um, and kind of snapped his neck back into the side a little bit. And that's pretty dangerous because Larkin has had history of neck injuries, um, especially neck injuries caused by things that don't get called as penalties. That play did not get called a penalty against Matthew Joseph. Larkin got up, saw that it was not a penalty and punched Joseph right in the face as he was skating away. Uh, just absolutely cold cocked him. It's like, I, I would even go so far as to say, yeah, it was kind of a sucker punch. The department department of player safety also thought the same thing. And they decided to give Dylan Larkin a one game suspension uh, for essentially sucker punching uh, Matthew Joseph. The only thing that I will say in Dylan Larkin's defense, and I'm not justifying the punch. I do think that it's worthy of a suspension. I have no problem with Larkin getting suspended a game for it. I will justify his rationale behind wanting to do that to protect himself because he has a history of neck injuries that have had no consequence for those who caused them last year Larkin's actual last game that he played last year so this is two games in a row where he's been injured like this because he didn't come back he was done the rest of the game uh, because he got a match penalty but he probably would have been done anyway because of it looked like he was seriously injured Um, but last year against Dallas Jamie Ben off a face-off pushed uh, Dylan Larkin to the ice and then cross-checked him two times in the back of the neck. Larkin fractured uh, vertebrae in his spine, spent a couple days in the hospital, and then had to have a cast on his neck, a hard cast for, I think it was two, maybe three months. Um, So this is a very serious thing, especially for a league that says that it wants to crack down on um, non-hockey penalties that cause serious injury to players. They're clearly not doing a good job. And so as much as I completely agree with Larkin getting suspended, there is no supplemental discipline to anything that happened last year with Jamie Ben. There was no supplemental discipline. There wasn't even a review for Matthew Joseph's boarding. That was very clearly a disgusting boarding penalty. And there were more even throughout that game. And even just tonight, as we're recording this, Jamie Ben did the exact same thing to an Ottawa player. Uh, with the cross-checking. So these are things that continue to happen every single day. And so, yeah, Larkin deserved the one-game suspension, but the league needs to take a better stance on protecting its players. Yeah, wow, that was really well, really well said. But yeah, um, obviously no Red Wings bias here, though, because I totally agree with you um, with everything you said. I do have a little bit of animosity towards the lightning. Um, I feel like they're kind of the league's baby right now. You know, we all know the circumventing the salary cap, which technically it's allowed, but <laughs> they kind of took advantage of that cap rule. Um, so I feel like the NHL does want to protect them in a way. And I do see a little bit of bias towards them in certain games, but um, we don't have to get into any type of discourse about that. But um, yeah, so that, I mean, like you said, can't blame him for wanting to protect himself because the league doesn't often protect their players. So sometimes players try to take it into their own hands and emotions do boil over. So I 
I loved what I saw from him, but yes, it did deserve the suspension. I mean, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I want this guy to get sucker punch, but if he takes a suspension, so be it just because this guy deserves it. Even after the game, Jeff Blaschel, the coach of the Red Wings said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he essentially said, if this is something that's going to continue to happen to our players um, and it's not going to go punished, then maybe we'll just have to bring in guys that are going to punish these players themselves. Like this Ryan is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. We have players in the system that are known to do this kind of stuff. So this is, this is going to continue and it's the league's it, the ball is in the league's court at this point. Yeah. See, this is why fighting should never be eradicated from hockey because can you imagine if something like this happened and you wanted to retaliate and it just wasn't allowed like in such a physical, emotional game, you need to let these guys fight. And that's just, I don't know. That's just a, another point I wanted to make about that. But Cam, do you have any opinions on what happened with Larkin and Joseph? I mean, he said pretty much everything. The only thing I'll add is that the only reason why, Lark, like, thank God Larkin was able to get up and punch him in the face and not, you know, he wasn't on the ground because his, all of the Red Wings teammates were about to go and beat the crap out of him. And Larkin got to him first and like kind of sucker punched him. But I mean, I don't know. Like I think a sucker Lucky punch to the a, yeah. I think a sucker punch to the face with and it was with a was it with a glove or without? I, I don't. It was know. with a glove. Yeah, he didn't whip his gloves off till See, after. With a glove, that's got to be. I think that should be not a game. That should be a fine. The part that the Department of Player Safety made a point of saying um, in their explanation video, which definitely wasn't biased towards the Lightning at all, no. because they made it seem like Larkin did this like without any like you know yeah. context at all behind it. Like he just hit him. Um, the part that they said was that Joseph had no idea that this was coming and he could not have expected it, as if Larkin After could expect hit? getting boarded yeah. into the boards into the dasher head first have his neck snap back he definitely expected that right yeah so yeah and, he, and larkin next made time, that decision next time he punches someone three two one i'm gonna punch you and then then he won't get suspended as long as he does yeah. that also yeah, yeah as long as he gives a warning first yeah also a thing on the uh on jamie ben like like you said the league is literally trying they said we are cracking down on cross-checking Guess what? Not as much as ben, Jamie <laughs> Ben is cracking down on people's necks. Yeah, with cross-checking. And ridiculous. I guarantee you, I, I mean, not I guarantee you, but I'm willing to bet that he won't get penalized or fined for his cross-check that he just did to this, you know, tonight. Probably just not. like he wasn't even, there was no hearing or anything on his check against Larkin. There wasn't even, was a, there penalty. even a penalty on it, do we know? No. Yeah. Nope. Interesting. In- insert uh, Breaking Bad. He can't keep getting away with this. He can't keep this. getting away with this. <laughs> Literally, <Yeah>. though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I thought I thought both of you had really great points on that. Um, also, the other one, um, the other notable one was Calgary's Rasmus Anderson um, got fined $5,000 for roughing Edmonton's Kaler Yamamoto. Um, it was a headbutt, which kind of unheard of in hockey. I don't know how often I see guys head headbutting other players, but um I thought this was completely reasonable. Um definitely a scumbag move, but nothing 
nothing career threatening, nothing, you know, involving like a straight headshot or neck or anything to the neck or anything super dangerous. I mean, yeah, it, it didn't look pretty. And I think it looks like he even did it against the glass. Like he headbutted um, Yamamoto's head into the glass. So that's, it is pretty much boarding in a way <laughs> when you're shoving someone's head like into the glass or boards like that. Um, but I thought the fine was enough. I mean, like I said, Tom Wilson has done much worse, like slamming Artemi Panarin's head into the ice and walking away with a $5,000 fine. So um, I thought this one was justified as well. So honestly, I think player safety is three for three on the year so far. I, I don't really have any complaints. Cameron, what do you think about a headbutt? I think it's pretty badass, <laughs> but I do think that, yeah, I wouldn't call that a hockey play necessarily. So <laughs> I do think that a fine is worthy. And I did, I did watch it and like he straight up, like they were, he was in the goal, like, and then he grabbed him, like punched him in the face a few times. And then he was falling back like to the boards and then he just grabbed them and just was like, Kish! so uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He definitely got his money's worth. Let's yeah, put it that did, way. <laughs> so Alex, do you, do you agree with that? Just $5,000 for that and move on. I am okay with the $5,000. I think if you're going to the day before set a standard about punching somebody in the face, yeah, it was a sucker punch. But if you're going to headbutt somebody, you would almost imagine that, Hey, they're not going to expect somebody's helmeted head flying at their face that seems almost like a little bit of a double standard. I get it. I'm okay that there was at least some supplemental discipline there. That was the right move. It was really good that they reviewed it. And I'm glad that that is something that they did. They could have gone higher. I'm okay that they didn't. They gave it's him the fine. maximum fine, fine amount too. So they did. They yeah, could have absolutely. obviously suspended him, but they could have. it's a, it's the battle of Alberta, baby. You can't, well, you can't, and that's, you gotta let that's the, the other play. thing. You never the blood is see... boiling. The stakes are high. You never see those kinds of random things like last year, Cassian kicking. I forget who he kicked, but like you never see suspensions for kicking somebody. You don't see fines for headbutting people. It's the Battle of Alberta. That's where that stuff happens. It's Calgary in Alberta, in Alberta, in Calgary. <laughs> yes. I mean, like you said, we don't see headbutting a lot, but I think it's important that they are addressing small things like that, because maybe, like I said, they are going to set a better standard this year. I think this is the year of all years that they need to be on top of it because we have such a new audience with the ESPN or with NHL and ESPN and TNT. So I guarantee you there are several new hockey fans out there just because of the new broadcast deals. So if you're trying to change the game, grow the game, I think you need to be better about protecting the players as well. So if you're going to shape up, do it this year yeah, because there's a lot more eyes on you and there's a lot more expectations. On top of that, we have an entire new team and a whole new quadrant of America that is going to be supporting yeah. that team. So we might want to have a good impression for them too. They're also the 14th most valuable NHL team now. I just saw that yesterday. That's impressive. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Probably more than the Red Wings, right? First year. Just kidding. Original six. Let's relax. Respect. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love my original six, unless you're the Leafs or the Canadians. So true that. (laughs) I only like (laughs) like three teams. Or or the Rangers. Or the. (laughs) 
So moving on, um, I know you guys have been itching to talk about this, but a lot of people had a lot to say about Jack Edwards making a call during the Bruins Stars game last night when Marshand was going in for an empty net goal. Um, Mira Heiskinen, um, I don't even know what you would call it, kind of fell down and looked like he almost grabbed Marshan's leg as Marshan was barreling towards the net and he kind of fell down and Marshan kind of dragged him with his legs and then Marshan fell down also. Um, and Jack Edwards, which I'm sure everyone knows, he's the Nesson play-by-play announcer and he's a quote, Homer, unquote, to most people. That is not my quote. That is the quote of others. Anyways, um, he called it a suspendable action to do that to Marshand. And he was pretty up in arms. He was yelling on the broadcast. He wasn't just mentioning, oh, player safety should take a look at this. He was pretty pissed off. So um, I'll just say I thought it was pretty ridiculous. Um, I didn't see any intent to injure or danger on the play. Um, I am not a biased Bruins fan, believe it or not. We do exist. Um, Marshan was fine. He got right up. He kind of just slid down and popped back up and then celebrated his empty net goal. Um, and Heisken and even he looked like he kind of didn't know what happened. He kind of just awkwardly fell and he got back up as well. So it was just kind of a weird collision where I think when he fell, he kind of held onto Marshan's leg a little because Marshan was skating and he couldn't really get his arm free because it almost looked like he was hugging his leg. So I, if Jack hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have even remembered that play or thought twice about it. So um, Alex, why don't you give us your thoughts on what Jack Edwards said about that incident? So the first thing I'll say is that um, I didn't know that this was something that happened until I saw somebody straight up just tweet. Did Jack Edwards just say that a tripping call was a suspendable foul uh, on Twitter? And I, so I went and looked it up. I tried to figure out like where it happened, found out that it happened during the empty net goal. So I went to the NHL app and watched the goal um, that they had on the highlight feed. And the first time I watched it, I just straight up laughed because it literally went from one second, like the difference between Marshan scoring the empty net goal and Jack Edwards yelling into the microphone was probably less than two seconds. That in itself was just amazing to me. I've never experienced as not being somebody who doesn't watch like home feeds for the Bruins very often, just experiencing that in itself was very fun. Um, so as far as Jack Edwards goes, Definitely, I can tell, very fun for Bruins fans. Um, what I'll have to say about the actual play itself is that it definitely was a trip. 100%, you can call that a trip any day of the week. Um, it looked like, to me, Heiskanen went to kind of lay out to use his stick with one hand to try to kind of swat at the puck to get it away from Marshan. He missed. And so he wrapped his arm around Marshan's right leg. And then his left one just kind of was there because it looked like he actually tried to swipe it um, with his hand as well between his legs. Um, as he was doing that, just because of how he dove, his le- uh, Heiskanen's legs were swinging around towards the other side of Marshan. This was happening as Marshan took the shot towards the empty net, um, which Marshan was like leaning forward to do because his leg was kind of being held onto a little bit. Um, and as this was happening, they were going towards the left side of the net. It looks like 
Mira Heiskanen's head chest area kind of hit into the post. And as this happened, his legs continued to swing around and Marchand fell over them. Um, this is one of those things that it, to me, it doesn't seem like there was any malicious intent by Miro Heiskanen. Definitely a trip, but a suspendable play. That's, that's pretty egregious. I don't know. I don't think so. All right. Well, Cameron is shaking and the veins are popping out of his head. Like the meme of the kid. That's like, you know what I'm talking about where the kid's like, yeah. And the veins are popping out of his head, and he's trying so hard not to say something. So yeah, that was Cam, Cam in the group you, chat last night. I was trying. Would you to like to counter something. what Alex said? Because we all know you are a Bruins fan, like I am. So, do you agree with me? Do you okay. agree with me and Alex, or do you have another take on what happened? Now, listen. One, Jack Edwards, yes, is a homer, and I fucking love it. <laughs> Jack Edwards, I love that he's a homer. Because I'm a Bruins fan, I like listening to a basically a big Bruins fan call the games. Now, I, I like when I first saw it, I was watching the game live. I was also upset at what happened because I saw Marshan get tripped. And then, obviously, Jack started screaming that it was a suspendable offense. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I do think that Heiskanen did like forcibly try to take Brad Marchand's leg and push it forward and try to trip him. And it was technically half of a slew foot. So maybe he should get half a game. Maybe they should let him out during halfway through the second period because a slew foot is pushing a player's leg forward and pulling them back with your arm. And he obviously couldn't do that because he was on the ground. Now, if, if, Unfortunately, in the highlights, for some reason, the, the, the last angle, like, you could see Heiskanen's face, and he was, like, pouting like a, like a baby. And this also, the push, the push happened after the goal went in. Like, it wasn't like he was still trying to fight for the puck, so his hand was moving. The goal, the goal went in, he already scored, and as, as they were about to go into the goal, Heiskanen took Marchand's back, like, the back of his right leg with his left hand, and pushed it forward, and and Marshan like slipped for a little, but he caught his balance. But imagine if he fell backwards; that would have been a really bad injury for Marshan. Like just because he didn't get injured and he got up doesn't mean it wasn't you know a bad play. And yeah, maybe it wasn't suspendable, like he said. Like I I but I was pretty upset that he did it too because I saw that arm go up and like he tried. It looked like he tried to push Marshan. And so I don't think it's egregious that Jack Edwards said that. Like, he was angry in the heat of the moment because on the first game of the season into an empty net, like, he tried, like, his absolute hardest to stop the puck. And then when he realized he couldn't stop the goal, he got mad and, like, pushed Marshan in a three, you know, a now 3-1 game. Like, that would piss me off if I was, like, if I was a coach or if I was a player. I was like, you're really going to do that to me in a 3-1 game? So, like, it was also the situation, not the exact call. It wasn't the exact play. So I think that's why, like, I do I do think he went a little too far, but I don't think it was laughable or, like, insane or another classic Jack Edwards moment. I think it was a fine call for a passionate announcer to make. And that's all I'll say. Yeah, I think everyone has a valid point. Um, I think that, like you said, it's definitely not suspendable. Jack saying that is just absolutely insane, but – like you said, he gets very passionate and he just blurts things out and 
Okay. Boston also, also, he did not stand. You know, he did not die on that hill either. He freaked like he got, got upset because he saw like one of our best players get almost pushed from behind on the leg, and then afterwards he like basically was like, okay, so it wasn't a slew foot, like. And then he he calmed down. Like he he basically backed up on what he said earlier, like up like thirty seconds later. And obviously they don't show that in the highlight because it's they're not going to show thirty seconds after the goal. But after the goal, he was like, okay, like it wasn't a slew foot, but still, like you shouldn't do that. And that's basically what I'm saying too. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can't do that. Hey, thank you, Wes McCauley. Yes, thank you, Wes, for that classic <sighs> line. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He said something dumb. At least he kind of backtracked, you know, heat of the moment. Like you said, I love his passion. Um, there are plenty of other home broadcasters who are also homers as like, if you are watching your team, don't you want your commentator to be excited about your team? If my, if Jack Edwards was praising the other team, I mean, he does do that. Like, when it's someone scores or there's a beautiful play, you know, Oh, what a play. Like he, does, he, does, he does his job, but he does get overexcited when it comes to the Bruins. And you can tell this man genuinely loves this team. Like when he retires, it is going to be a very sad day in Bruins history. Yeah. I mean, Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley have been the guys like the duo and Brick is so like more calm and like, he'll just like, he's, he's totally unbiased and he'll just like explain the play and the analytics. Whereas Jack is like, Oh my God, like jumping jellyfish. He got thrown like an executive dust toy. Like he says stuff that doesn't even make sense, but that's why people love him. And I think he's just I think it's great what he's done for Bruins hockey. And yes, I agree. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be biased to the point where if um, Marshan lands a headshot, Jack should be like, yeah, that's great hockey. Like that's what we want to see. Like, I don't want to hear that. I just want him to get excited about his team, but he does take it a little too far. And last night it was pretty embarrassing as a Bruins fan to have everyone laughing at us for something he said, which was totally out of pocket and untrue. Okay. Also, let me say that there, sorry, but I just want to say that there was a poll done and among all like of America, the Bruins were ranked as the worst broadcast in an entire league because of Jack Edwards. (laughs) To be fair, (laughs) um, Boston fans and Boston teams in general are the most hated because I also saw a poll that said it's funny because the poll it was it was like a pie chart and it was like the worst sports fans and it literally I forget I think it was all Boston sports was literally a part of it because that was an answer people gave and then it went like Patriots so like Patriots was separate but it was said most hated like fan base and it said all of Boston sports and it took up like 40% of it. And then it was like Patriots, which is like 20% of it and the rest. And then it was like Yankees, uh, Steelers, like all those, like, you know, those Pittsburgh fans, no one likes Yankees fans. We all know this, but in all fairness, people. So think about like on top of everyone who hates Boston, that sports and fans in general, and then they hear someone like Jack Edwards, like I get it, you know? So listen, we'll keep, being the most hated and you guys can keep hating us nothing will change and it'll still be great for me because i still love jack edwards and bruins yes thank you for that sentimental comment (laughs) 
So um, we do have a couple other things to talk about. Another really important and notable thing that occurred was, surprise, surprise, Nikita Kucherov got injured. Um, I guess it is being classified as a lower body injury. I'm not quite sure if John Cooper gave the specifics on it. Um, but as of right now, I believe he is day to day and they're just not sure how he's doing and if he's going to play. So, um, we might have another LTIR situation on our hands. Yeah. More cap space, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Do we know if this is the same injury as before that's acting up or is this totally unrelated? I, I thought it was an upper body last year, but it was a hip thing i'm pretty sure i think he had hip surgery (laughs) if yeah yeah you know (laughs) yeah this yeah you know you're below below, above your knees is upper body so yeah i agree above my ankles is upper body well yeah (laughs) okay but any um this looked to me it looked like a groin like he wasn't even hit or anything he was like just like reaching for the puck and then all of a sudden he he grabbed like his groin slash quad area like up like up in there And I don't know, like, I know groin for a goalie is like, you're gone for a long time, but maybe he could push through a groin injury because he doesn't need to do the splits. Um, But maybe if he played all of last year, he would be a little, you know, more rested and he'll, or less rested, he'll be more loose, you know, he'll be used to the game and he wouldn't have, uh, he wouldn't have pulled this groin. So maybe he should have played all of last year, but then, you know, they wouldn't want to go. Yeah, That's so <laughs> it looks like it looks like um he awkwardly avoided Garnet Hathaway and um he was in the Washington zone because Hathaway kind of came by him to get to reach for the puck and Kutra was going for it too. And he kind of launched himself in a weird angle out of the way. And then it looks like he did kind of bend down and reach for his groin area. And he you could tell he was like hunched over. And I couldn't see who it was, but a Capitals player on the bench even pushed him to help him off. Um, cause he could barely like lift his legs to skate. So the way he was behaving seemed like it was a groin thing. Cause that tightness there, but I, I don't think it's going to be an injured reserve thing. I think this is going to be a day to day type thing and he'll probably even play by the end of next week or something. So I don't think we have to worry about any cap circumvention with this one. Hopefully it's one of those things where even if there is an issue there, I think you're right. It'll be such long, uh, short term, uh, it won't matter. Yeah. All right. So another really important and shocking story that has occurred so far is the Buffalo Sabres are two and O. If you had this on your 2021 bingo card, you cheated because this was not on anyone's bingo card. If you, um, yeah, if you put this played, into a sports book, you'd be a billionaire right now. Yeah. If you bet on this, you have some cash right now, which is, you know, good for you. Um, probably won't last long, but I guess we'll find out. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. But they beat the Montreal Canadiens. Free game. Who just Doesn't made matter. it. Who just made it to the Stanley Cup final. The Canadians were a wagon until they ran into the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they beat them five to one on Thursday. And yesterday they beat the Coyotes in a shootout two to one. Granted, the Coyotes are abysmal. And they're going to be basement dwellers next to the Sabres, supposedly. But still, I mean, to to beat a team that's probably on the same level as you is still very impressive, especially for 
all the things they have going on. And I saw people joking. They were like, Sabres are 2-0 and without Jack Eichel. It's something to think about. So um, what do, do we got? Do we think this is a fluke or do you think the Sabres might find an edge? Alex, what do you think? Uh, I think if I'm a Sabres fan, I'm yelling, stop the count. Uh, because I'm breaking it's, tables right now. Yeah, because it's not going to get any better than this. Uh, you're living as high as you possibly can at this exact moment. Um, the funny thing to know is that the Sabres at the beginning of pretty much every season start out fairly strong. Um, never like necessarily amazing, but they always have that November collapse. Um, we have a friend who is a Sabres fan and he will attest to the November collapse mm -hmm. every single year. Um, it's like clockwork. And Honestly, good for them. I'm glad that they're doing well. They're riding pretty high on guys like uh, Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat. Um, and they're looking at a lot of their younger players and wanting them to step up and take these important roles and important positions in the team. And they're going to have growing pains. They're not going to sustain this pace. They're going to be a bad team by the end of the year. Um, they're probably going to be, if not the bottom team, pretty close to it. I think that's just inevitable with the lack of experience that they have overall. When you get into the depth of the year, it's not a pace that they can sustain. Um, but for right now, good for them. And I hope that they can continue to learn from these experiences and they will, I think as long as they continue to be managed better, which well, I'm not going to say whether or not that's going to happen, but uh, if they can continue to be managed better, uh, as overall as a team, I think they have a pretty good future. Yeah. Kim, do you think that, you know, they might surprise people or do you think this was just like, you got lucky, like enjoy it while it lasts. I think it was a, you got two bad teams to play against. Now I know that the uh, Canadians, you know, made it to the, made it to the uh, Stanley cup last year, but in, in one of the weaker the the weakest division last year they were the bottom team and they were playing against also weak teams and still barely scraped into the playoffs i they had a god you know they had a godly playoff run but now we're back to reality we're back to the regular season and Thanks. i don't and i really don't think the canadians are, are that good of a team i think they're they have good a good future but right now i don't think they're a good team they're 0 and 3 the canadians are 0 and 3 they haven't won a game yet and, you know, they played the Sabres, they played the Rangers, and they played Toronto, which, you know, that, that, that I'll give them that loss. But you, sh you should beat the Rangers. If you're a good team, you should beat the Rangers, and you should beat the Sabres. They lost to both of them. And then the Sabres also beat the Coyotes. But they beat the Coyotes 2-1 to one in a shootout. The same team, the Coyotes, who lost 8-2 to two to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who we all agreed were going to be bottom three teams in the NHL. So... The Coyotes are just like, might get, they might be the first ever demotion to the AHL like they do in <laughs> Premier Soccer. They might actually get demoted this year. It, maybe they should, you know, uh, start putting a dress code back in because they need to sharpen up. That's all. Hey. <laughs> Good one. Gotcha. But, um... <laughs> Thanks for that, Dad. <laughs> Anytime. Dad jokes. Get your dad jokes. Yeah, so I guess um, I came in to see where they end up at the end of the season. Who knows? I mean, the St. Louis Blues were uh, one of the worst teams in the league in 2019, and we all know what happened then. But me and Cameron do not want to discuss that. 
Um, so 2019 never happened. Um, but I think we're going to move on to something briefly, something a little more serious and sentimental. Um, over the weekend, the Columbus Blue Jackets um, paid tribute to Matisse Kivlenix, who unfortunately passed away in a tragic accident um, around the 4th of July this summer. Um, Elvis Merzlikens, um paid tribute to him by wearing his jersey. They also had um, number 80 painted on the ice behind the net. Um, so I thought that was um, that was really nice to see. It was a really touching tribute. Um, they beat the Coyotes, like Cameron said, eight to two. Um, and I saw people saying that they scored eight for number 80. So that kind of gave me chills. Like, I mean, we know the Coyotes are bad, but like, I just thought it was so cool that they put up eight and they were honoring number 80. So um, I don't know if you guys watched it or if you had any thoughts on it, if you wanted to say anything, either of you about either the tragedy or how they honored him or anything. So um, I didn't watch the game between the Coyotes and the Jackets. Uh, I saw a little bit of the clips of their tribute that they had for uh, Matisse and it was great and I'm really glad that they did that obviously they were going to do something like that um, it's a great organization and I think that they did a really really good job at making sure that they acknowledged the situation um, during the preseason when the Red Wings played uh, the cat uh, the Blue Jackets rather um, they had Manny Legacy in the uh, studio with the Red Wings announcers because Manny Legacy is the, I believe he's the goaltending coach, um, or he's part of the organization in Columbus, but he was a Red Wings goalie for a long time. Um, so he has connections to both. And uh, Ken Daniels, the play-by-play -play guy for the Red Wings, had interviewed him uh, during the intermission and was talking to him a little bit about um, you know the whole situation because this happened at Manny Legacy's house uh, on the 4th of July. And so he was obviously there. He was involved with the situation. Um, and it's a fantastic interview and it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and if you have a moment uh, to go and watch it, it, I believe it's on YouTube. You can go and find it pretty easily. Um, it's, I think it's well worth the watch. Yeah, it's, it's very, very tragic. I mean, he was so young and I was just reading something that Merzlikin said um, about the game and wearing his jersey number all game and usually that's unheard of they'll just usually if players um do a tribute for someone they just wear the jersey during warm-ups and then they change into their regular jersey but Merzlikens wore it throughout the whole game and he said uh it was tough it was really tough and it's tough now in my mind even my wife before I left the house she said don't fuck it up it was a big responsibility I didn't want to hurt the number it meant a lot to me again this was really my most important game I think and he said, I'm going to be honest, I slept really bad last night because I was really nervous. I knew I was going to be really emotional. It was hard to focus. It was hard to get dialed in and be in the moment. Just on the blue line, when I saw his family coming out, I started crying. It wasn't easy. Um, and then obviously he went on to save 36 of 38 shots and absolutely had an insane game. And they put up eight goals. So eight for 80, which I thought was really cool. But that honestly gave me chills with the way he said that he was so nervous to fuck it up while wearing his number because he wanted to honor him in the best way. So one thing I do really love and I will give the NHL and hockey in general props for is it really can be a tight knit community. And it really is such a great sport in times of tragedy because 
it's, it's not as big of a stage as like the NFL or NBA, I'd say, or even MLB hockey is, or the NHL is kind of chewed to the side and just the little guy. But when tragedy happens, I feel like the hockey community is a very great place to be. Now this doesn't, I'm not talking about like the sexual assault, sexual assault cases we have going on or anything that like that. I'm talking about like the deaths or if a, like, um, or if, um, a shooting happens or some type of tragedy. Um, I feel like it is a very close knit community and I will give them props to what, what they do and the way they present things when bad things do happen like that. So we can, we can definitely give the NHL some props sometimes, even though we're hard on them, but I thought that was really nice what they did and it was really important. So, um, does anyone have any other thoughts or should we move on? I'll just say that, uh, and at the beginning, the blue jackets, I think they said that they raised, they first raised a hundred thousand dollars for, I think it was called Kivy's kids. Cause that was like his nickname, Kivy's kids in like Latvia. Right. And, yeah. uh, and like there's a, there's a, you know, a fund for him and they, they raised a hundred thousand dollars and they were also like personally donating $80,000, which is, you know, really, I mean, good. They're not like the New York Yankees or anything. Like right. they, they don't have that. So like $180,000, like obviously it's money, but it, it was a really nice gesture and I really like that. And honestly, I think they should keep his banner up like the whole, I think they said they're just going to do it for the year, but they should keep it up there, you know, for at least the significant future. But, you know, I understand. Yeah, no, well said. Well, um, very sad to hear. And we always continue to keep his fan family and friends and our thoughts and prayers. And hopefully we won't have to deal with another NHL tragedy or death for quite a while. Cause it's not easy to see, especially a young guy like that with his whole future in front of him, but we will segue into a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter conversation here. So um, we do have our segments. Um, we wanted to bring something a little bit different to the podcast and do something other than just hot takes or opinions or banter. So we decided that we would all do something a little bit unique, something that we find interesting and something that we would like to talk about. So um, I will start off with, I will usually just read either this week or this day in hockey history. Um, I think it's pretty interesting to see what was going on back in the day. Um, so I just did a little research and um, actually, so today um, Patrick Waugh set an all-time win record. So Patrick Waugh made 27 saves on October 17th, 2000 to lead the Colorado Avalanche over the Washington Capitals 4-3. to three. Uh, The victory was Waugh's 446th of his career, which put him ahead of Terry Sawchuck for the most regular season wins in NHL history. Um, Waugh then went to retire in 2003 with 551 career wins, and his record lasted until March of 2000. 2009 when Martin Brodeur earned his 552nd victory and he finished his career with 691. And to put things into perspective over the past 20 years, uh, Sawchuk has since fallen to eighth on the all-time wins list. Um, so back in uh, 2000, 2000, that was a really big deal. And we all know Patrick Waugh is a legend. So I found that pretty interesting and I do love my goalies. So that is your, uh, History fun fact of the day, October 17th, 2000. Cameron was one year old. 
yes. he's a child. And Alex, <laughs> I think you were too, maybe, or unless you're a little older. No, you're three or four. Are you uh, turning four? I, would, I right. was going to be four. Yeah, turning four. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> you're how old? He's born in 97. Oh my gosh. So me and Alex in, are boomers. I was born in 96, but yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. You're born I'm in the a same 96 year. baby too. Yeah. I thought Alex, I thought Alex was like a year older than you, Cam, but no. wow. I was bamboozled. He's an old fuck. <laughs> I don't love it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Moving on. It is Cam's turn. What do you have for yes. us, Cam? So let me just say that I am a degenerate gambler and that none of the things I say should be taken as betting advice and I do not hold any legal responsibility for any of the things that I say in this video and you should not come to me for betting advice. You should not bet on these things. I'm not telling you that these are good things to bet on. But if maybe, I don't know, if you happen to stumble in <laughs> somewhere and you wanted to, I think Monday, so when it would be you know the 18th, Monday the 18th, a few games that I would pay close attention to are the Seattle and Philly game and the Toronto and New York game. Now, the Seattle and Philly game is two teams that, well, Seattle, you know, brand new team. Definitely, I think they're shaky on goaltending right now. They're not the best defensive team. Uh, they've, they've tried in their past few games to get a lot of shots on net. And just basically, if you have the puck and you see a lane shoot, they're a high shooting team. Um, and Philly, you know, we we all agree that they have a shaky goaltender as well. Cannot, especially like the tandem is not that great. So I believe that the over, which is six for them, I would pound the over on that one. And the Toronto and uh, New York, Toronto is minus 185 on the money line. Like, that's not that bad. Like, for a team that, you know, lost, like, to the or the Canadian, they barely beat the Canadians, so they are not that good. You know, Rangers are definitely a bottom of the uh, the Metro, and Toronto is definitely the top of the Atlantic. And minus one eighty five for Toronto, I would also hit that. So I would pound Toronto minus one eighty five and over six goals for the Philly Seattle game this upcoming day. <laughs> Thank you, Cam. Good luck with that. <laughs> we'll see. I'm gonna, I think I think I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna put like a. What's it? One and zero. Zero and one. Like I'm gonna put a little running tally to see how good I do. <laughs> I think you should. Yeah. So uh, we will finish off with our little J Fresh Junior. Um, Alex has our analytics. I think he hates when I say that because he like cringes every time. But it, it hurts I, me. Why? Oh, I like J Fresh. He just doesn't like Red Wings fans. Oh, so you like Jay Fresh, but Jay Fresh doesn't like you. So sad to yeah, hear. <laughs> that's okay. Well, what do you have for us for your analytics? I would love to hear what you have prepared. Well, today, I actually don't have analytics. Instead, buckle up. It's physics time. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll be very happy about this. So we saw. This is what the NHL in... fans want. Right. Physics. Yeah. No kidding. Um, I believe it was literally the very first game. Uh, nope. Sorry. It was the second game of the season. The very first game of the season was the Penguins and Lightning. The Lightning. The second game was the Kraken and the Golden Knights. In that game, we had a little bit of controversy. We had a goal that was possibly kicked into the net, but 
it was ruled by the officials and i don't know if they call those in toronto i believe they do they review it in toronto of course um, they do they deemed that it was not in fact kicked in <laughs> i'm here today to tell you that according to rule 37.4 in the 2021 to 22 nhl official rule book it is in fact kicked into the net and here is why <clears throat> basic physics there's something called the elasticity of deflection when you have an object that hits another object mass momentum is transferred from the object in motion to the object that is stationary in this instance we have a puck hitting a player's skate when this happens if the player's skate is motionless the puck then transfers momentum to that skate meaning that the puck itself loses momentum meaning that the puck slows down as it gets deflected away because this did not happen as it was propelled towards the goal that means that wow momentum was kept somehow how does that happen well a force has to be applied where does this force come from from the only other object that's in this equation the skate now according to rule 37.4 a distinct kicking motion shall be ruled no goal and is for the purposes of video review a motion where the uh, attacking player deliberately propels the puck with a kick of his foot or skate and subsequently the puck enters the net. So by this definition, you don't have to like wind up and kick. The operating terms here are deliberate, which if you watch the replay, nobody is going to argue that what the motion that happened was not deliberate. He absolutely, whether it was him trying to angle his foot or kick it he did it on purpose there is no arguing that i don't think i've ever seen anybody on twitter or anywhere arguing that the other operating term there is propelling the puck propelling the puck means applying a force to it in a specific direction not just having it angled which yeah when you have a shot that gets angled uh and deflected off of a skate that's not the same as propelling it so what do we have here we have a cross crease pass coming from one side of the ice across the crease to the other side and the puck bouncing off of the skate, whether it's deflected or propelled off of a kicking motion, the exact same speed into the net. The only physical way that the puck can maintain that same level of speed off of nearly a 180 degree angle deflection is with force applied from the foot, thus propelling the puck deliberately towards the net. Thus, we have a kicking motion, a distinct kicking motion as described by rule 37.4, thus no goal. Seattle Kraken fans, welcome to the NHL. <laughs> that was the most beautiful one thing I've ever heard. One of us, one of us. I, I mean, I just have to say on that too, that like I was watching the game too, and his leg straight up went like like this, like whoo, like swung like that, and the puck the puck like deflected in. I've seen goals like called a distinct kicking motion from people like taking their skate and like doing that and angling yeah. it to where it like propelled the puck in, and I that blew my mind when that happened. The part that I really didn't like was on ESPN. 
the announcers straight up said they were like, well, you, it's not a kicking motion if you hit it with the outside of your sta- skate. And or like, yeah, yeah. Have you ever watched soccer? Yeah. Are you telling me that they don't kick the ball with the outside of their foot? Now imagine <laughs> if stupid. Alex, everything that Alex just said and described, imagine if that's what a ref said to describe the no goal, like on the mic, every single thing Alex just said. And then he goes, therefore, it's no goal. <laughs> just yeah. gives a whole physics lesson. I think refs need to start doing that actually they should implement yeah. that because there will be less bad calls they won't want to give a whole physics lesson or they should have to they to should get a physics degree plane. every ref should have a physics degree no what i would say instead is no. either either let them kick the fucking puck into the net because who cares you're still fucking scoring a goal or just get rid of the rule and call every puck that goes off of the skate like a def- uh, either a deflection or just don't allow it do one or the other. You can't have this like, wishy-washy back and forth. One, right. There's no consistency. It's just like everything else. We don't know what goalie interference is, and we don't know what suspendable hits are. So yeah. clearly another thing that NHL needs to get his shit together on. Just another thing that, we, that the threshold is – like one thing that we thought that the threshold was perfectly you know, allowed, like it was a perfect like description of what it was. And even distinct too, the word distinct is just so funny seeing his legs swing like that, like a fucking pendulum. Yeah. And they're like, distinct I see a distinct kicking motion. And that's because like people will say like distinct kicking motion without reading what the rule itself defines a distinct yeah. kicking motion to be. When people see the term distinct kicking motion, they stop at that. And they're like, oh, so to me, a distinct kicking motion is like winding your foot up and like hitting it with the inside and like directing it exactly at and the goal. And bending it like, like Beckham. Right. No, exactly. Like they think of soccer when they think of this, but there's a lot more subtlety and finesse to this. Like it's not, they legitimately define the term yeah. in Especially the rule Especially propelling itself. it on a frictionless surface. Right. Near, frictionless, well, that's the near thing. frictionless. Sorry. If, if you, you see deflections all the time off of skates um, and they're legitimate deflections, but usually these are not from sharp angles when you're going from one side of the ice to the other, almost, I think it was like a hundred and, 20 degree like angle like was the the way that it like it's very sharp it was a very sharp angle deflection that doesn't the physics of the puck hitting the skate that doesn't happen unless you're applying a force back the opposite direction that just and that's even common sense like that physically if you've played hockey you know that you can't just keep your foot there and it will like it deadens into it when it's that sharp of an angle, when players That's, take you, passes you, with their feet, yes, it, it they use their skate and and they deaden it with their skate. Exactly. So, so the only yeah, way that it would go not a in the exact same speed is if there's force applied, which is a kick. That's <laughs> yeah. by definition what it is. Okay, Kaylee's so, falling asleep. All right, we got yeah. a little too physicsy here. She's just spinning. I didn't think I was yet. in high school <laughs> still. <laughs> and Wes McCauley has now been booed off the ice. Yeah. yeah. But anywho, (laughs) if you are still listening, congrats. (laughs) No, Alex, all all jokes aside that, no, I appreciate it. I I think that was a good thing to bring up because that was very, literally the second game of the season, the first day of the season, we had this controversy and already this bullshit call. I 100% thought it was a kick. I I watched that replay so many times and I was like, that. They just hire anyone like this. I, I, I could have called that. And it's that the first in- game ever for the Seattle Kraken. 
Yeah, welcome. everyone said, like you welcome said, welcome. This is your suffering. This is the very beginning. So that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to the first ever episode of the Brewings and Things podcast. Cameron and Alex, I want to thank you so much for all your insight and opinions. Uh, Can't wait to see what happens in another week from now. Um, So we will, uh, we look forward to another great week of some crazy happenings and we will see you again next time. So thanks again for listening and we will talk to you then. Bye, guys.